Welcome to TKW Draft Season, presented by Whistle Sports. Uh, there's a new person here. Well, I'm not new. I'm new host, I guess, with my not new but also new co-host, Mr. Nick. What is up, my man? How you doing, Jess? Happy to be here. Uh, our guy, Mike, is taking the reins on the TKW main pod. So he has graciously given us the keys to draft season. So we are taking this car and driving like we are Elle Woods on our way to Harvard or maybe on her way to the nail salon after she finds out Warner is engaged. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I was expecting a Dom Toretto reference there. but Oh, opportunity missed. I feel like there'll be plenty of opportunities for Fast and Furious uh, references between the two of us. There may be. This should probably come with a disclaimer that we will try to overtake this with pop culture references. Sorry, not sorry. It's it's who we are. It's what we do. We'll see how it goes. But with that, draft season is finally back. Um, definitely had a bit of a hiatus, mainly because we haven't known when the draft was actually going to be. I feel like it's still almost kind of up in the air. I'm just waiting for them to give more announcements that it's like pushback or something. But um, with the date semi-set, Nick, what's that date again? November 19th. November 19th. That's so weird, man. November for a draft. Right now we would be doing like, uh, what is it, preseason games and all that stuff. It's uh, it's obviously a very bizarre time, but – let me correct myself. I'm sorry. Oh. It's November 18th. The draft's typically on a Thursday. So I was thinking it is the gotcha. 19th. It is on a Wednesday this year, and that is November 18th. Because why not just confuse as much as possible by putting it on a different day? Um, but with, you know, I can't believe it's already September. Or no, October. Jeez, I can't believe it's already October. So, uh, you know, a little over a month left till the draft we thought it'd be perfect time to get draft season up and going again um you know I think Nick and I have talked about this a little bit we we're obviously going to still maintain a kind of Nick centric look at the draft to an extent but I think we kind of want to be your go-to for just overall draft coverage at least we hope to be I mean partly it's because so many things can happen on draft night um, we can take guesses as to who the Knicks are looking at or who may fall to the Knicks, but we want to be able to talk about as many prospects as possible. So, um, you know, those guys that we've talked about in the past, either under the draft season moniker or just on the TKW pod, guys like Lamelo and guys like, um, you know, all, all the top guys, we will still mention them, but I think we're kind of try to, dive a little bit deeper and see these other prospects that maybe haven't been talked about as much. What do you think, Nick? Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that because the Knicks do have three picks this draft. And 
well, there are some guys that we could project and mocks have them taking consistently. We don't know what that will look like. We don't know if they'll trade up or down with any of those three picks or if they'll draft where they are. And we do want to give the widest range of coverage that we can. So whether it's the Knicks or somebody else, when you're watching the draft night, you, you know a little bit about the guys throughout the first and second round. For sure. So with that being said, Nick being him and I being I, there was only one way we could start this pod, start this iteration of this pod. And that is by going to our, our collective number one boy, Mr. Denny. Nick, how's it feel to be, be doing this? Well, it's been a long time coming. Before the world shut down, we were planning on doing a Denny deep dive. You know, I wrote the profile months ago and we, we've been ready since then. And we were waiting till the right time. And now it is. And I couldn't be happier to be here with you talking about Denny. So without further ado, let's get into it. Um, just some quick, quick hitters on who Denny is. I'm sure most of you know who he is, but just to lay the groundwork. He is 19 years old from Israel. 6'9", small, small forward slash power forward. Most recently played for Maccabi Tel Aviv in the Israeli league. Um, Average uh, 28 minutes per game. He played in 33 games, started 21 of those. Had a 53% field goal percentage while shooting 35% from three on four attempts to four attempts per game. Um, 59% 59% from the from the line, uh, giving him 13 points per game. Also had six rebounds, three assists, a steal, and a block per game. That was all in the Israeli league. Um, and then in the, the Euro league, um, that was 26 games played with five games starting, only 14 minutes played, shooting 44% from the field with 28% from three on two attempts per game, 56% from the line. Only four points per game, three rebounds and assists per game. Um, with that, Maccabi won their third straight Israeli championship, and Denny became the youngest MVP in Israeli league history. He also won gold and MVP at the 2019 U20 FIBA European Championship. So first off, Denny definitely knows about winning. He's obviously done that past couple of years. Um, if you wanted to give your elevator pitch about Denny what would what would it be the elevator pitch would be a guy who at the very bottom of his floor projects to be a a A plus role player now the ceiling and we'll talk about what what changes if he will reach his floor his ceiling things like shooting and those sort of things but his his ceiling is a all-star level you know he's a a very very high level team defender and if some of those variables like his his shooting pick up a little more consistently he is a great playmaking secondary playmaker type that can score at all three levels yeah i mean so in preparing for this pod i kind of tried to think of some of my high level like what i'm all in on and what i still have questions about so um you know what i'm all in on is his versatility his playmaking definitely his passing as a big uh both kind of on the break and then also from from the block he can pass out of the block really well and then also his his just overall like cutting and floor awareness um i think he always 
can find those small, small spots to be at to either rim run or cut to the rim and, and get some quick, easy buckets and knows where, where his uh, teammates are. Um, I think those off the top are my biggest, but it, it's tough because it's like things like versatility and playmaking. I feel like those are really easy to either over underestimate and they're kind of hard to um, project, but I think at least for, especially for us, you know, we um, watched some of those Israeli games this summer, mainly because we had nothing else better to do. But I mean, I think you really got to feel for, you know, that Israeli league is good. Like I know guys who have played over there through TBT and stuff like that. And it's no joke. And he, I mean, he was holding his own with grown men as a 19 year old. And I don't think that's going to stop when he's in the NBA. Yeah, agreed. And, and kind of like you were saying with the cutting, just I think what makes his floor so high in general is that uh, level of high IQ that he has on the court, both offensively and defensively. His awareness and, and IQ are both very noticeable on the court, making just smart plays and good reads on, on both sides of the ball, just in regards to position. And like you said, with cutting in particular, just finding small holes and opening and openings and, and being able to maximize them. And I'm glad you said that because this may have changed a little bit the narrative around um, European prospects, especially because of Luka Doncic. But there's always been this like, well, who's he played against? And you still see that even in this draft with a guy like Poku, who we talked about on, on the TKW pod as well. It's like there's a lot of unknowns because you don't know who he's played against. Denny has played between both the Israeli League and the Euro League with a very high level of competition. And he's clearly been trusted by his teammates and coaches and been able to compete against those guys. And like you said, there is a, a real physicality that he has been playing against at a very young age. Yeah. And another thing that just popped in my head, I know it's something that Mike has brought up before, and that's kind of the Knicks and, and other teams always looking for, it seems that they're kind of, I think he calls it stargazing, like looking for that that star potential. And at first glance, it may not seem like Denny has that, but I think back to that SI article where it's basically like he is Israeli's like savior of basketball, right? Like they've had some good players um, in the league, but he could be that first like lotto pick that really kind of, ignites a fan base and I think he could be one of those types of players like we saw it with um KP and his home country and Luca and his home country like I could see that happening with Denny and you know uh people either like from Israel who have relatives there or something like that like rallying around him and I think everything I've heard just seems like he's just like a goofy dude who like plays pranks and like I just feel like he's just this likable dude who could uh do a lot for a franchise in, in in that respect well at least a lot more than someone might think off the jump yeah no I'm glad you brought up that article I, I would highly recommend everybody take a, take a look at it it really does a good job in conveying who he is and what his personality is but also presenting him as a, a real star in Israel 
as a Israeli-born basketball player, there haven't been a ton of highly successful players from Israel, and not many of them have been able to win championships in Israel. Now he's done that at the the U19 level, and also with Maccabi Tel Aviv, and he really is a, a superstar over there. And I think that absolutely translates to especially a New York market. And and I think that would be something that you made a really good point. Like there are Slovenian nights when the Heat play the Mavericks and the entire country of Slovenia or many people from Slovenia travel to go watch Goran Dragic and Luka Doncic. I, I do think he has that global, could have that global impact. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's dive a little bit into the stats and the the good that we see in that. I mean, he's obviously as a whole efficient from from the floor, fifty three percent as a whole, um, less efficient from three. But I do really like his three point shot, uh, just mechanics wise, and he's posted some, you know. Hashtag empty gym workouts, but uh, at, I mean, I usually the only thing I take from those is uh, shooting form, and I think he's got it. Um, what do you what do you take out of just what you see in the overall numbers? Well, I think it's interesting when you compare the eye test with the numbers because to me, he's always the form has always looked good. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have this broken shot that requires really any sort of fixing it's a good looking mechanical jumper yeah um so i i've always kind of believed in it the numbers don't necessarily back that up there are some detractors of free throw percentage in particular that are things that are typical indicators into to shooting success at the nba level mm-hmm. that are a little concerning but i do he's just been he's been inconsistent with the jump shot it's looked good at times it looked good for post quarantine when the Israeli league came back during that playoff run yeah the numbers were pretty good during that stretch and I don't want to put too much stock into empty gym workouts but it's looked good it's looked quick I like the release so I I do believe in the jumper as at least a, a decent spot up shooter if not the ability to to shoot off the dribble. And we can talk more about that later when we talk about some of the, the critiques of Denny. But I, I do personally believe in the jumper. Yeah. And uh, and this might pivot us into the critiques, but I will say, you know, watching the games, um, shout out Nick for buying that package so we could watch in the summer. Um, you know, he was actually handing the handling the ball a lot bringing the ball up, getting pressure put on him. And I, I don't have the exact number, but I know like some, some of those threes are probably last second, like just need to get a shot up. Um, Also just, he's not going to have to bring the ball up in the NBA. Like that's not what he's going to be brought in to do. And I think that affects that affected his game um, at least to an extent. Uh, in terms of his numbers and things like that. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Jess, because I do think one of the critiques, and I, I did kind of want to touch on this briefly, is that his numbers, I don't want to say are inconsistent, but they get worse at the higher level that he's playing. Right, When especially when you're looking, like we were saying, the Israeli versus Euroleague. 
Right. And that being the big one that, you know, people have that are lower on Denny can point out to, well, he didn't do it at, at the Euro league level. When you look at the the role he's taken, both in, there's positives and negatives either way. Where I was introduced to Denny was on that U19 Israel team, mm-hmm. the primary playmaker, and he did things at that size that really you could just stood out on the court. When he's in the Israeli league, he gets a lot of attention. He gets a lot of minutes and a lot of opportunities. There's a a little more pressure on him defensively. A lot of times, there are you know, number one defensive wings on him because he is was so key to their offense. In the EuroLeague, he gets less opportunity, but again, he was 18 during the EuroLeague season. That's not a typical – the EuroLeague is not big on giving young guys opportunities. There are rare occurrences where there are key players on EuroLeague contenders at that age, but that's not the norm. And right. – he was given less of an opportunity at that age, which I don't think is a negative at all. I think it's just a thing, you know, and because of that, I, I do think the numbers just went down a little bit because of opportunity. Mm-hmm. You see different things when you're looking at, at Denny as a prospect, if you're trying to watch film, I think it's important to, to look at all three levels of, of where he's played between international, the Israeli league and the Euro league. Cause you see him against different levels of competition, different kinds of competition, and you also see him in different roles and against different kind of defensive schemes against him. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, uh, it's funny because I feel like the people that will use his EuroLeague stats against him are probably the same people that said, like, Luca's EuroLeague stats weren't that impressive or like didn't put as much stock into it. And it's like, you can't, you can't have it both ways. Now let's get this off the bat. <laughs> let's stop even remotely trying to compare Luca and Denny. They're not the same, even in the same stratosphere of type of player. We can get into who we think are some good comps for him. But I just think that, like you said, you have to take everything into context and, 18 19 year old playing with the and it's hard because I'm not expecting the average NBA fan to know that much about the EuroLeague honestly or to have even watched like a single minute of EuroLeague basketball um but that's what we're here for to give you give you that info yeah I'm glad you brought that up for two reasons because again Luka Doncic is not the norm and I do think he's kind of warped some of the perspective on, on European prospects because he came in with so much hype and so far in his career has lived up to that. Mm-hmm. But most 18-year-olds are not winning EuroLeague MVP. Most 18-year-olds are not starting in the EuroLeague. And there's a reason why people like ourselves reacted to, to what Luca was doing in the EuroLeague the way we did. Right. Because that is not the norm. And if you look at the other European prospects in this year's draft class in last year's draft class, in next year's draft class, you're not going to see a lot of guys that were even getting the opportunities that, that Luca was getting for getting, having the success that he had. And there were also some injuries that, that turned him into the primary ball handler there, but that's neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. And then I'm really glad it's so easy to say, oh, you have a, you know, this European wing that can pass Luka Doncic. 
And you see that. And every time somebody tweets it, I just get so annoyed because there are so few similarities. Right. Other than that, they are both have good size and can pass. But that's a lot of players that play basketball. That's right. That is not, that is basically where their similarities end. Denny is a, a far more complete player defensively. Mm-hmm. He is a very different type of offensive player. And he is nowhere near the the type of primary scorer that, that Luca is. That's not his game. He's not going to be that. And he has not been that at any point of his career where he is going to be taking step back threes that he's, you know, that sort of offensive game that Luca is is so dangerous with is very, very different to, to Denny's game, who we were talking about earlier, is a fantastic cutter and can play either side of the pick and roll, pass out pass it out of the as the role man there's really really strong ways to to kind of capitalize on his game and it's not isolation score right so let's get into some who are some similar players then who your biggest comparisons are for denny so i think i think um I'm trying to think of who you had in your piece as your uh, comparisons. Uh, Gallinari, I think, was one, right? And, yeah. And Dar- Gal- Dario Saric, he's, I think he has a, a potential to be better than either of those guys. And I, I very much like both of them. I saw someone say Andre Iguodala the other day. And I don't hate it. It, like, it caused me to pause for a second. Um, I don't hate it, though. I don't hate it at all. Um, Kevin O'Connor also has Nick Batum. I, I do think there's a little bit of we need to compare European prospects to European players. And I don't, yeah. I, don't I like Iguodala defensively. I think – I don't know if he would ever be the, the on-ball point of attack defender that, that Iguodala is, but a lot of Iguodala's – ability to kind of unlock defenses with that high IQ making smart plays poking the ball away type stuff I think that's a, a really high projection comp for for Denny that I, I like a lot mm-hmm. he's not the the athlete that that young Iguodala was but I I definitely find that that to be a very interesting comparison um he, he's I think he's fairly unique as a prospect because he does a also, it's hard to say where where his floor and ceiling, because again, his floor is so high. What that what he will end up looking like as an NBA player, I think, varies in, in where that comp will land. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of interesting stuff. Again, there's a lot of variables with him, but that passing is really what makes him. I don't know if I want to say special, but makes him unique to me. Yeah. So, what do you think is the best? scenario for Denny and it doesn't have to necessarily be a specific team but the type of player to be around him to get the most out of him I I would like him as a secondary playmaker like if we were to use the Knicks and I don't know if that's the best fit for him although the thing is that I think about Denny as a prospect he's very malleable I think he's a good fit on most teams I think Mm -hmm. all he's a kind of team defender high IQ guy um, but a team, he's, a, again, a great passer. 
and loves passing out to the corner. Yeah. Like a, a whip around, a wraparound pass, you know, whipping out from a pick and roll, catching and, and as the roll man looking to cut again. If you look at if the Warriors were to take him at two, yeah, he's in a, a offense with spacing, an offense with movement, and he has shooters all around him. Obviously, the Warriors are going to be the, a great fit for a lot of people because they're you're getting they're to play the Warriors, with, yeah, <laughs> to play with Steph Curry. But in a system like that, where there's opening for him to cut, allow him a little more space for catch and shoot. Because I do think, again, I said I do believe in the jump, the jump shot. I think he will be a good to really good, great catch and shoot three point shooter. The, yeah, the uh, off the dribble is where it gets a little hairy. It's a little hairy, and you hope that's something that he can develop and grow. But that's where I think a, a team where he can play kind of as a, a secondary type playmaker is, is better for him, where he's not forced into to ISO scoring or even primary creation kind of situations. And I, I don't think any of the teams that, that you're going to see him uh, mock to or considered would really be those situations. Yeah. A, a place where he gets to, to play with a good playmaker and he can – he can create, open up the offense a little more with his passing off of a guy like, again, Steph would be the best case, or even a guy like RJ Barrett, I think would really benefit from Denny opening up the game a little more offensively. Mm-hmm. And then if you look at defensively, just keeping with the Knicks thing, um, Denny's a really good shot blocker. I don't know if he will be a great rim protector at the NBA right. just because of the athleticism. And he's a good athlete. It, he's not a great athlete. He, he did show a little more burst coming out of uh, quarantine, which is nice on both sides of the ball. But I think if you put him in a, a situation like with Mitchell Robinson with a, with a clear rim protector behind him and the five-man, he can really help defensive versatility. Again, that, that high IQ, uh, really good help, weak side help defender. That's where he gets a lot of uh, his shot blocks from. He does help a lot in, in those sort of situations. Uh, versatile defender, not again, not fantastic um, one-on-one situations defensively, but really his his team defense is going to more than make up for that. He's still a good defender one-on-one and a great team defender. So I, I think a team where he could get some help behind him would really help him. Sure. I, I forced myself to not even think about Denny going to the Warriors because I will combust of joy and it's too good to actually happen. And if it does happen, I will we'll cry on draft night. It's fine. It'll be fine. Just look away, everyone. It will be fine. Um, that's, where if, if, that's where I would look if I was if – the, if the Warriors are keeping their pick, and obviously there's a lot of um, speculation and rumors that they will not. Mm-hmm. That's that to me it would be a perfect fit. Another team like Atlanta at six. Yeah. Where I think he could really open up the game for Trey. Yeah. Where he could now I don't necessarily know roster fit wise if that would only be kind of if they made other moves. But I I do think he would help a guard that can score like that. Yeah. Because of his passing. And just talking about what we like about him, uh, mainly being that cutting and that versatility. 
and this is probably recency bias because we've watched so much of them, but like, and I don't think he'll fall this far, but someone like the Heat and just the way that the Heat play, just with all the cutting and the spot up shooting, um, I think that could be very fun. Oh, that would be, yeah, an absolute joy. He He's a smart basketball player. That's one of his absolute strengths. Mm-hmm. You rather see him on a smart team where the rest of the team is playing up and that will, I think, bring the most out of him, right? Yeah. Some of these teams, like, that could take him in the high lottery. Teams are in the high lottery for a reason. They're not necessarily um, well-built teams. Like, Cleveland is a spot where I've seen him in mocks. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think he could help the the Darius Garland, Sexton, Kevin Porter Jr. trio get a little more flow offensively. That would not be something I would be excited about for him. Right. In that system or offense. But really, am I going to be excited for anyone when they go to the Cavs? Yeah, the Cavs and the Pistons, I, I, <laughs> I do have a hard time um, getting excited about. Yeah. Um, so we touched on a little bit, but let's, let's carve it out in terms of things we're not so high on about Denny, the things we have some questions on. Um, I think the main one being shooting off the dribble. Um, cause like you said, yeah, free throw percentage isn't that great, but we do like the way his shot looks, but just off the, you know, off the dribble, creating his own shot, that's a whole different beast. And he, it's just not not a strong suit right now. Yeah, and it's a, a valid criticism. I mean, the the indicators that we look at are that just that they are just indicators. There's nothing. It's not an exact science. But his career shooting percentages at all levels, with with threes and with free, from the free throw line in particular, are a little concerning. And that's a, a real thing, and that is probably – I touched on it a little bit earlier, but that's probably the biggest make-or-break individual skill for Denny. Sure. That's where, you know, when we're talking about those comps, obviously we said Danilo Gallinari. Danilo Gallinari is a great shooter. I think the rest of, of Denny's game is a, a little more complete, but – that is where if he's a great shooter, he can really hit the next level as a, as a player. That's what's and fluctuating it, his, his high ceiling, right? Like absolutely. if his shooting stays where it's at or gets a little bit better, he's got that high floor we've talked about, but the way to unlock that high ceiling is definitely by getting that, creating his own shot uh, a little bit better. And that and just the consistency with shooting, he's, he's a little bit streaky and he's put together nice runs of shooting. Yeah. I mean, I could definitely see his rookie year. He'll go, you know, he'll have three games where it's eight to 12 points and you're like, what, what, what happened? And then all of a sudden he he'll go off for 28 out of nowhere. Um, I think he'll definitely be that type of player in his rookie year. And from what we know, and I do like seeing guys get opportunities in key games and he's had that, and he does have a, a fearlessness. It's one of my favorite things about him um, attacking the, the basket in front of the rim is he is just completely unafraid. He embraces contact. He's a very crafty finisher at the rim. And just in general, he wants the ball at the end of games, which I, I like to see. I don't think 
he would come in as a rookie and be scared to shoot. Now, maybe the shot's not falling. He's, he's a pretty smart – he doesn't force a lot of shots. Mm-hmm. If you look at his, you know, his numbers and where he shoots from, he, he's a smart, smart player whose shot selection is pretty good. But, again, that, that streakiness, I, I do think you're right. I think you'll have a game where he could hit five, five or six threes and you'll have a game where he's one of five or one of six and people get concerned. And I, I think right now with where he's at in, in his development, I think he has a lot to still grow. And I don't think that's necessarily the, any sort of red flag if he has a bad shooting game next year. It, by all accounts, he's a very hard worker from all the stories all of his coaches and teammates have said. And based off his Twitter, his open gym videos, that's what he's working on, which to me is shows me that he knows he needs to work on it. He's not a finished pro- product, as few 19-year-olds are. And he is going to hopefully keep shooting until he can shore up that jumper a little bit. And I, I think that is a very optimistic thing if you're looking at him being a, a top five pick for your franchise. For sure. Um I think, I mean, is there anything else that poses a concern for you that could bring his ceiling down? The athleticism is a little bit concerning, just just a little bit. Um, I think that, again, is something that is overblown a little bit when looking at European prospects of, oh, now they're, they're in the highest level of athleticism. They won't be able to compete. They're going to get ran, ran out of the gym. It's typically not the case. It's a high level of basketball. He's playing against former NBA players, college players from America that are all great athletes. They're professional basketball players. But I, I think there's a, a, a slight concern about that just impacting him in regards to what he can do, especially that shot blocking and finishing at the rim, which are, was a strength of him in Israel. Will he be able to do that against NBA-level shot blockers due to athleticism, due to strength? That, that's something that um, I think is a, a valid concern. There are also things that I would like to say he will work on and improve. Again, 19, his, his body is not finished developing, getting into an NBA um, organization that's going to help him work on his strength and, and some of those pieces of athleticism, lateral quickness, another thing that uh, could be improved upon a little bit, but not like this giant red flag where if your team takes him, you need to be so worried about his athleticism. It's it's something he's got to work on. Yeah, and I think I think his IQ could make up for it a little bit also, just knowing how, where to be on the court and how to maximize what he is capable of doing. Um, I mean, if a dude's faster than you, a dude's faster than you. But And that lateral quickness definitely is something I hope he can continue to work on. Um, but I, I agree with what you're saying about, you know, it being overblown, especially when it comes to a European prospect or an overseas prospect. Um, I know I said not to compare him to Luca, but I was told Luca had cement for feet and I don't want to hear it anymore. Uh, and I feel like. Especially, again, very different players, but both Luca and Denny are both crafty. Right. Smart players with, with for a sure. of their body. And you said it that. That high IQ and positioning that we've talked about is really one of the the absolute high point strengths of of Denny. Are going to make up for that. You would see him. I 
I've always feel like felt like some players who are at a higher um, level of IQ do force some things on both sides of the ball at times. Yeah. Right? There are plays that they think they can make or they think are there. You know, he'll make a jump on a ball or a read that could put him out of position. Uh, again, trying to to make a pass that's that's not that the guy he's passing to isn't ready for those sort of things. But I again, those are things that I think just take some adjustment to the NBA level. They're not things that are like broken broken highlights. He's a young player, and he'll he'll get better throughout time. You you made a really good point the the Lucas cement feet thing that was really a, a huge talking point leading into Luka Doncic's draft that he's going to be unable to to stay in front of anybody. And, and Luka is nowhere near the defender that that Denny is. And don't get me wrong, like what like I watch what Luca and what Denny do, and and it's like it's almost like my brain can't compute it because it looks unathletic. And I don't even know how to – like, it looks unathletic, but they still somehow get in front of someone. And I feel like that's kind of where Denny's going to be at too, where it's it's going to be this sneaky athleticism. Like you said, he's very crafty around the rim in terms of how to get his shot off and evade shot blockers and things like that. And taking uh, the contact is big on that too. Yeah, and again, that's really where that strength needs to get a little better because he's great at, at- – going into contact and, and getting defenders off their feet. Uh, you may pump fake a time or two too much, but really good at embracing that contact and going up for finishes. He's got to be able to still take that a more physical game. I will say he's a, he's a better athlete than Luka Doncic, at least in the raw athleticism that we talk about. For sure. He's got a couple, couple posters on his resume I and mean, he doesn't, not a big dunker by any stretch. But when the there's times where he, he's caught people mm-hmm. with again, especially off cuts and those sort of things, or even fast breaks, just using his body well and 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 really dunking on some people beautifully. For sure. Um well I think that's all I have in terms of Denny. Do you have anything you wanna add? I want to say one thing. Okay. You have the floor, sir. Go watch his outlet passes. He's yeah. an incredible passer. If you're like me or if you're like Jess, you just love – I would watch highlight tapes of passing with no finishing just for hours. I love passing so much, and he is such a a beautiful passer because of that rhythm and that IQ of just, you know, knowing what he's going to do in advance and almost like a next-level thinking kind of way where you look at a LeBron or Jokic type of passing. But the outlet passes are really some of the best you'll see Again, at least the best you'll see from guys not named LeBron or Jokic. Now, not that he's necessarily that level of a passer all the time, but he does do it in in spurts and in flashes of making just these incredible passes that are just so mind-numbingly beautiful. I would highly recommend uh, doing some research on your own. The article I wrote for the Knicks wall about the Denny profile, I linked a couple of passes that are just, you could watch on a loop for hours. Cool. Okay. So glad you said that. Everyone should definitely check out next profile on Denny on the next wall. Um, and then just in terms of draft season, um, we'll definitely have a couple more of deep dives like this on specific prospects. 
Um, we have a couple ideas, maybe group some guys together. I'm really interested in the, the second round and there's definitely some, I would say definitely like point guards that are high up in the second round that Nick and I both really like and want to talk about. Um, but we'll definitely, uh, be here a lot more often than we have been hopefully at least once a week up until the draft. Um, do you have anything else to plug Nick? I don't have anything to plug. There's a couple of articles that I'm looking into to doing, doing some research on right now before the draft. If I do write those, I'll plug them at the time. Cool. Check out all the draft coverage that's been on the site. There's been, there's a lot of profiles and a lot of guys. Uh, we do have the mock draft part two coming out soon. Check out the mock draft part one. If you want to see who we would take as GMs, um, Mike, as well as myself and a couple other guys have done that. And we're going to be recording part two soon. So check that out. There's the written and the pod version of that. And then so, obviously make sure you're following Nick Swan on Twitter. Follow Nick on Twitter at not the fake NC all with a bunch of like underscores and crap on it. Um, and I am jron 44 on Twitter. Um, I think that's all we have, folks. Until next time. Peace out. Oh, wait. Oh, no. Stop recording.